podcast for future CIO ICT trends in 2022. Four trends in cloud computing are continuing to expand the breadth of cloud offerings and capabilities, accelerating growth across all segments of the public cloud services market. Now that is what Gartner is saying. Now four trends identified by Gartner are cloud ubiquity, regional cloud ecosystems, sustainability, and carbon intelligent cloud and cloud infrastructure and platform service providers, automated programmable infrastructure. According to Henrik Sessi, Senior Research Director at Gartner, the economic, organizational, and societal impact of the pandemic will continue to serve as a catalyst for digital innovation and adoption of cloud services. This is especially true for use cases such as collaboration, remote work, and new digital services to support the hybrid workforce. In today's podcast for Future CIO, we are joined by Mr. Wang Dachuan, CTO of Huawei Enterprise Business Group, to share with us his views on key technology trends that will impact how CIOs orchestrate their enterprise IT strategies for 2022. Mr. Huang, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Alan, thanks for having me. At the data center, what technologies will remain unchanged and what technologies will become a key feature of the data center of 2022? Uh, when we talk about the data center, we all know that data center is used to process and also to store the data. So all the technology related to accelerate process of data will remain. For example, in several of the category of the data center, for example, like the high-performance computing and also for the transaction data center to support the financial business, they all adopt some of the kinds of technology like the RDMA technology to accelerate the throughput and IOPS to process the data. And also they adopt a lot of technology like the parallel scalable distributed storage to store the data and to protect the data. So for the data center, I think all the technology around the process of data will remain. Here, another three things I want to mention is the first one about data center, what we consider is about the high availability and also a business continuity. That's always one of the major consideration and one of the topic we will always talk with the CIO that we focus on. For this part, even during the past several years, we evolved from, for example, like the synchronous copy and asynchronous copy for the disaster recovery solution to help our customers to get a high availability. But today, we still need to pursue new technology for them to achieve more, for example, like the active-active and, and other more advanced technology. And the second one is about, you just mentioned the carbon emission target. So we all know that the data center will consume a lot of power. The green data center will be another major consideration. I think that's in the future 20 years, we will always focus on that to achieve zero carbon emission. In Beijing, we all know that the government already released a very strict policy to regulate the PUG of a brand new data center. So for this part, that's another point we need to focus on. That's the second one. The third is about agility. We talk a lot about the cloud and also about the software defined. That's all related to agility. The next step for the evolution of agility of data center is the autonomous. We will evolve to the autonomous data center, the next phase. Now, there's a lot of talk about public cloud computing. Does this discussion on public cloud mean that there's no more interest in on-premises data center or even private cloud? I have talked with uh, uh, CIOs worldwide. So one common sense from the 
CIOs around the world. Yes, they all move more and more application from the private cloud or on-premise data center to public cloud. Yes, that's a trend. I agree with that. But still a lot of CIO will insist that they still will put mission-critical data in their own data center. Normally, there are two reasons. The first one is about the latency. We all know that if we put the application on the public cloud, how to guarantee the quality of service, how to guarantee the response time is a challenge to the core business. For example, for the financial service industry, the core banking system, they need very short response time. So for this part, they still insist to put the mission-critical application on their data center. That's the first one. The second one is about the, I just mentioned, high availability. When you started the public cloud, you will know that high availability and disaster recovery level in the private cloud, in the on-premise data center, is still better than in the public cloud. So for that part, our customers want to put their application on their private cloud. And the third one is about the regulation. For example, in some of the countries, they all try to put some of the application on the public cloud. But due to the local regulation, they retreat back to their on-premise data center and private cloud due to the data. One of the implementation model is very common and popular. That is to put the application, the middleware front end on the public cloud, but still keep the sensitive data in their private cloud. Based on that, we all know that even when we talk about the big data solution on the on-premise the cloud, we will use a new technology like the federal learning to not leave the private data, their customers' data to the public cloud. So due to the performance and due to the regulation for the data privacy, on-premise data center and private cloud will still have a long time to go, I think. We started to hear CIOs speak about edge computing. What are the use cases for which edge computing is best used? And then in terms of for enterprises in Asia, do you know at what point in the future will we see a lot more organizations using edge computing becoming a standard? Actually, we talked about the edge computing during the past 10 years. There are various kinds of names, for example, like the edge computing and the fork computing and, and so on. But I think maybe the past several years, we gradually have some of the customers to adopt the edge computing in their environment. We know that in the edge computing environment, normally there are four main components. The first one is the cloud. It's a cloud on the internet or their major center to process the data. The second one is the link. Is connectivity and network to connect the terminal to the edge computing data center and to the main data center. And the third one is the edge computing data center. Fourth one is a terminal to run, for example, the forecast model or something. Normally, if we just browse the internet, we do not need the edge computing. But in some kinds of the critical application, for example, like the autonomous driving, like the telemedical treatment, one of my customers, they run the power grid. So they need to remote to monitor and to deal with uh, what's happened in real time. So in this kind of situation, when we need the real-time decision, we do not want to transmit a lot of data back to the long distance to get the very long latency. If we do not want this to happen, we will need the edge computing. During the past several years, yes, more and more enterprise deploy the edge computing, not only for the power grid, but also, for example, one of the, the car makers in Zhejiang province in China, they already deploy, for example, the ME 
PC. Sometimes we call it the multi-access edge computing, and also we call it the mobile edge computing. It's one of the typical application scenario in the 5G network. So for the automobile maker, they could work with the service provider to build the MEC for them to do the training for their autonomous driving system. I believe for the next several years, the computing will is the combination model of the edge computing and cloud computing on the terminal to co-work the synergy between all these three components. Budget is always an issue for every enterprise. How should CIOs work with CFOs to find the sweet spot where ICT strategy and spending can coexist very well? When we talk about the IT technology, security always remains in the top three list. When the CIO talks to the CFO, it's a little difficult for the CIO to illustrate the value of the security. As an example, when we do the, for example, like the business continuity plan, normally we will list the uh, all the risk analysis factors and also the risk impact. Security is actually one of the risks. So they need to list all the risks and also to, to get the impact of the risk and to illustrate the importance of security. And also, you just mentioned the resource is limited. Yes, when we talk with the decision maker, one thing we still need to mention is when we talk about security, we need to focus on use the limited resource to focus on several things. The first one is about the security plan and design. We need a well-designed solution. Can even it will not cost so much money. It can help you to reduce a lot of your security risk. How to design, especially for a hierarchical and also for a balanced design between the efficiency and security. That's the first one. And the second one is about the centralized management. When we talk about the security, one of the very difficult points is we need to deploy the security rule across the whole IT system. For example, the access control. At the edge of the IT system, so a lot of deployment points. How can we control them to eliminate the productivity issue and efficiency issue? So we need a centralized management, not only to do the design, but also to review all the security rules periodically and also to reassess all the rules in a centralized way. I think that's two points we not only about the budget, but also about the implementation. The first one, design. Second one, the centralized management. We need to focus for the security management. Now, some companies have adopted technologies in their business process by creating centers of excellence. How critical is a center of excellence in the successful adoption of digital transformation? Yes, it's very important center of excellence. Normally, when we talk about the digital transformation, there are two factors are very important. The first one is the, for the culture. The second one is the organization. When we talk about center of excellence, normally that's the organization oriented. So if we want the digital transformation to be successful, normally we need a dedicated team of experts, guys with the expertise of the digitalization, both the information technology, but also the awareness of the business. For the dedicated center of excellence, it's very important to do the execution, to do the design, and also to fill the gap between the business and the technology. Based on this view, I think the center of excellence is very important. And also for the digital transformation, based on the center of excellence, we can specify they are the owner of the transformation. And also they can help to develop the reasonable, organize the goal, and also to develop a mechanism for them to follow and to 
uh, establish a dedicated digital transformation collaborative operation mechanism between the organization. So I think, yes, they are very important. Besides the center of excellence, normally one successful digital transformation project is owned by the biggest boss of their organization. Normally, if not, normally cannot be successful. Beyond center of excellence, I often hear the word culture also mentioned as one of the key metrics for successful digital transformation. What will be another criteria for successful digital transformation for businesses in 2022? Another foundation is, uh, yes, we just mentioned, cultural atmosphere. For the culture, normally we will know three aspects of culture. We need to have the digital culture to actively embrace the digitalization and change the traditional management idea and model through the data. For example, one of my customers, the goal of their digital transformation is uh, data-driven. They will move the whole process to a data-driven process, not an event-driven or the people-driven process. So, so the data-driven is one of the the critical change in that's the foundation of their digitalization that's the uh, digital culture and another one is a culture for change so to embrace the change and also to embrace the continuous change since we face the new challenge we will have something for example like the uh, fear we we do not want to face the change we do not meet before so for this part if we do not want to embrace change normally we cannot fulfill a successful digital transformation project another one is about the innovation yes for innovation culture so that's the third part of the culture so advocating innovation and tolerance of the failure. We all know that for the OTT, yeah, the IT of the OTT, the business model of OTT is different from the traditional enterprises. They can tolerate the failure. They always try the new business model. They always try the new technology and they can tolerate the failure. But for the traditional, normally so the tolerance is, is much lower than the, the OTT. So we need to be adapted to the change and tolerance of the failure. That's about the organizational and culture and still when we talk about the successful digital transformation, there are several things we still need to focus on. The first one is the top-down design. We just mentioned digital transformation first need to be recognized by the CEO, the organization. So the top-down design, top-down design to define the blueprint, to define strategy, and then execution and the collaboration across the service, across application, across the business team and the technology team is very essential for them. And then for other parts, for example, example, for the platform enablement, for the digital platform like the digital network, cloud, cloud, and also for the data platform. For this part, I don't think they are as important as a, as a top-down design. For this part, we have already very mature methodology to help our customer to achieve the digital transformation. Based on the enterprise architecture methodology, we can help them to define, for example, the, the application architecture, data architecture, and technology architecture. So for this part, they are actually simple to us. But just as I mentioned, we need to focus on the collaboration across the business and technology. Mr. Huang, thank you for joining us on Podcast for Future CIO. Alan, thanks for having me. That was Mr. Huang Dachuang, Chief Technology Officer of Huawei Enterprise Business Group on the topic of ICT trends in 2022. You are listening to Podcast for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcast for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcast for Future CIO. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.